0: Welcome to the Coffee with Kathy podcast. Take a moment to subscribe and like us on Facebook if you haven't already. You can also check out all of our books, merch, and future podcasts at coffeewithkathy.com. Now grab yourself a cup of coffee and get ready to be encouraged. Here's your host, Pastor Kathy Heitschew. In chapter six, if you there say Amen. For to be carnally minded, that means mindful of things of your flesh. Look at your neighbor and say, now she's going to preach to you today. And I need you to listen. Tell them. Wake up. Shake them. Wake them. Amen. Tell them I need you to listen because this message is for you right now, right here. Tell them. Amen. For to be carnally minded is death. Somebody say carnally minded. But to be spiritually minded, say spiritually minded is life and peace. Tell your neighbor, life and peace. And you need some of that life and peace. So be uh, acting like you're paying attention, okay? Because the carnal mind is enmity. That's hostile. That's an enemy of God. Somebody say, oh, my. It is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. Verse 8, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Somebody say, ouch. But you are not in the flesh but in the spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God is in you. And if any man have not is not in the Spirit of Christ, he is none of him. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life. Somebody say life. So this one's for you, okay? You, you cleared that with your neighbor. And now I don't want you to make any more eye contact with them for the rest of the service, Okay. I can tell you, I'm not sure I've ever seen a time where people are so utterly stressed out. Can I get a witness in the house? Do you just know people who are so stressed out? Like, this is the most stressed out I've seen people in my lifetime. Now, I'm going to be the big 5-0, in case y'all wanted to know that. I'm going to be the big 5-0 on March 12th. You'll write that in your calendar now. Huh? I'm going to be the big 5-0 on March 12th. I've lived a long time. I lived half a century. Amen? And just so y'all know, don't be worrying about a party or nothing. I already bought my own balloons. Say amen. I already bought my own uh, arch for my office. I already bought my own amen. I'm going to celebrate myself. A 50, big deal. Amen. I'm talking about struggling, people struggling in their health, people struggling in their mental health like I've never seen in my lifetime, people struggling in their marriages, emotional disorders, people struggling with discontentment, struggling to get ahead, people struggling to at least just get even. And at the same time, we have never had more ministry available to us than we have right now. Now, I'm going to him a preach on, so hope y'all came ready. Amen? We're just one mouse click away from somebody's ministry somebody's uh, a blog, somebody's podcast. By the way, there's a Coffee with Kathy podcast, hashtag ad. There is a Coffee with Kathy podcast. So if you're into podcasts or anything like that, look me up, help a friend out. We're just one click away from any church service. It's true. We've never had more church at our fingertips than we have right now. Agreed? We've never had more books available for us to read. We've never had more scripture that we can just click on than any other time in the world. There's stuff all over the place to help you grow. You could grow by leaps and bounds in 2022. Yet there's a struggle like I've never seen it on any level. You turn on the news and you see it on people's faces. I mean, we still smile and we still sing and we still praise. I saw some of you praise and worship and, and really pressing in. But we got to be able to have the ability to tap into the glory. You can you can tap into the praise, praise all you want. That's free. But we need to get to a place where we can tap into the glory. We're going to do that at the end of the service. So I hope you're ready for that. Amen. But listen, tapping into the glory is going to cost us something. It's going to cost us some time, some dedication. It's going to ta- cost us some tarrying. See, we don't really know that word. That, that was what our, our, our parents and grandparents used to do. They used to tarry. They used to wait for the spirit. Amen. They used to wait for the anointing. They used to wait. Tapping into the glory is going to cost us something and we need to pay the price. How many of you want to pay the price? Amen, amen, because the glory is what we need to enter into. Philippians 4.19 says, Because all of our needs are supplied according to his riches in glory. So if we're going to have God supply all of our needs, and I can't just tap into praise and worship, I'm going to have to tap into his glory. And despite all that is available to us, people are still struggling. They will leave this place. Church people will leave this place and go home still struggling. Yes, they had a great time in church. Yes, they got their little secret sister gift. And they got that pat on the back and that hug that they needed. And then they'll go home and struggle with discouragement and depression and discontentment and dissatisfaction. And this bothers me. How can people be so discontent and have so much glory available to them at the same time? Write this down. Whatever you feed will flourish. Tell your neighbor, whatever I feed will flourish. People who are constantly rehearsing their problems, don't look at anybody now, are constantly rehearsing their difficulties and their challenges. They're constantly rehearsing their situations. They're constantly telling people what they don't like about their job, what they don't like about their family, what they don't like about their house, which, by the way, I apologize. <laughs> what they don't like about this church, amen. People who are constantly rehearsing those things never get better. Can I tell you, they only get worse. Whatever you speak to is what you're going to get more of. You know, if you have a rebellious kid, and I had quite a few of them, not, not any of them that are in the room t- right here right now or at the broadcast behind here or wherever they're all floating around. But if you had a rebellious kid, you know, always in trouble, and you talk to him like you are such a troublemaker, you are such a rebellious person, you are just like your father. Don't look at nobody right now, because I know some of them words came out of y'all's mouth. Amen. But can I tell you, guess what? You're going to get more of that behavior. You'll get more of that behavior. Because wherever the focus goes, the power flows. You ought to say that right now to your neighbor. Wherever the focus goes, the power flows. I'm, I come to talk to you. Oh, there's two of my kids right there. Glad y'all could. You no, know, nah, I'm kidding. I love all y'all. <laughs> How many of you know we live in a three-dimensional world? How many of you know we have a spirit realm? That's what we quicken. That's what we made alive. We have a soulless realm. That's our mind, y'all. All that's where your emotions are, where your, where your memories are, where all the scars are, where all the wounds are. That's the place where the clutter of life gathers. That's the junk drawer of your house. Anybody in here got a junk drawer in their house? I am shook. I am shook, all of y'all. Oh. <gasps> I love that. We, we got some junky Christians in here, babe. This is some I, I thought I was the only one. You know that drawer where you just walk by and everything gets dropped in there and pretty soon it builds all up and you can't even really see what's in the drawer. You can't even really shut the drawer because there's so much stuff in the drawer. Well, that is the soul. That is the mind. It, it's your collection point. It's the drop-off zone. See, we we have we're a body, soul and spirit. I'm going to try to get it out. Holy ghost help me. That means we live in three dimensions. You body is your first dimension you know that's where your ear gate and your eye gate and 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 all of your senses are then the soul is your second dimension that's where your mind is and the spirit is it it realm is the third dimension you following me right so your mind is your junk drawer it's that gathering place and we used to have it we called it the blockbuster drawer this is how old we've had our junk drawer because back when that's where all you know when you got eight people in a house say amen when you got eight people in a house and they've been to Blockbuster, and then you run around trying to find all the block Does anybody remember Blockbuster? There's some young people in this church. Hey, I mean, y'all don't remember nothing, Jesus. I'm going to need y'all to go home and Google Blockbuster, okay? But when you get the Blockbuster, everybody knew that the Blockbuster movies go in that drawer. And then I would be in responsible for taking the movies back. So they'd be in your room and all over the place. you find them in the swimming pool. and it- Well, y'all don't know what that is up here in the north, but in the south they had these things called swimming pools. But so blockbuster drawer, and to this day, now blockbuster done been gone. Like you know, Redbox came along, and then you know we got all this modern technology now. But but we still call it the blockbuster drawer. Do y'all have one, Sarah? Mike? Do y'all have a blockbuster drawer? Wow, Sarah. I mean, I taught you. Why you ain't carry that? Some traditions you supposed to carry on into your new life. Well, this is the junk drawer. It's the gathering place. You, your mind is the holding tank for what your senses are bringing in to you. That's why you can go through something a long time ago. Say, long time ago, you can go through something a long time ago. An incident could happen a long time ago, but your your mind still holds on to everything it gathered. People can tell you negative things as a child. They can tell you you're good for nothing. They can tell you you're never going to grow up to amount to anything. You're just like your mother. Woo! Some of y'all are triggered right now. I just said those things, and some of you older people are triggered. You, that just triggered you right there. You can still be grown, and you're affected by what they said to you or what they did to you. Why? Because your mind, your junk drawer took it and is holding it all in. You keep remembering it. I mean, they hurt you like 49 years ago, but you're still carrying it. You're still struggling with that thing 20 years later. That person's probably already dead and gone, y'all. You experienced it so long ago, but that's why you can't wait for people to apologize before you forgive. You can't wait for people to apologize who have offended you, who have hurt you. You got to forgive them. Even if they never apologize, you have to forgive them. They, they've already died and you're living in torment, right? The devil is a liar. I'm not going to live my life in torment by something somebody who's six feet under has said or done to me in my life. Amen? And neither should you. Y'all better help me preach today. You know what? I I forgive them. I got to forgive them and I have to get over it. Whatever you got to do, get over it. They can't always be in control of your life. They're not even here. You groaned. You ought to tell your neighbor, look, you groaned. You groaned. They in the grave controlling you. How is that possible? It's a trap. It's a trap the enemy has set for us. We got to make up in our mind I don't care what they said, I will be free. Practice it right now. I will be free. Why? Because Psalm 124 7 says, Because my soul has escaped. The snare of the fowler, the trap of the enemy. I have escaped that trap of the enemy. You know, that your soul is holding on to all that baggage, but you can escape it. The Bible says you can, you can let it go. You can forgive them. Look at somebody and tell them, take control of your soul. Amen. Write that down, amen. Take control of your soul. Write it in your neighbor's Bible for them. What you allow to be collected, what you allow to be rehearsed, what you allow to go over and over and over in your mind will eventually affect every area of your life. To be carnally minded is death. Say that. To be carnally minded is death. So you say, well, what does it mean to be carnally minded? It means to be fleshly minded. Okay? It means to allow your mind to be affected by what your senses are bringing in, by what your flesh is perceiving. When your mind is full of all of those things that is brought in, that's how you become carnally minded. And for all of those of you who feel like, well, this message isn't really relevant to me because I'm saved. Well, let me remind you, when God saved you, he saved your spirit. He didn't save your flesh, honey. Because if he'd have saved your flesh, you wouldn't grow old. You wouldn't have nose hairs and ears hairs. And can I just stop on a rabbit trail right here? Listen, don't look at them right now. But they do make these little razors. It's the most, I mean, some of y'all don't know this because, you know, we've, we've gotten new things that you don't know about, but they actually make this little razor that you just click on, and, and at the top of it is just a little spiral. You just stick it in the, each uh, side of the nose. I've seen it done, okay? Or if, you're, if your neighbor really loves you, they'll help you with the ear thing. I mean, amen? Am I helping anybody today? Your spouse wants you to do that, amen? Your spouse wants you to do that. I, now, if you have got a spouse like my husband has, I have these tweezers. Just say so you no. Know. <laughs> Kathy ain't about that life, okay? So if you're not gonna get the electric razor, I have tweezers in every little station in my house. And if I see anything growing out the ears, <laughs> well, let's show, welcome everybody online. I, I forgot to welcome all my <laughs> online people. I love y'all so much. Thanks for sharing this broadcast. Listen, start tagging people who have nose hairs and ears hair. I mean, just tag them. Just at their name, and let's get a bunch of people tagged. I mean, they need this word. This is a word. He didn't save your flesh. You wouldn't have wrinkles. Right? This is true. He saved your spirit. That's why you can be saved in your spirit, and you can shout and dance and holler and be the loudest person and run all over the place and go home and be miserable. That's why you can go home and your kids be like, where's my dad that was at church? Where's, where's my mom who was at the church? Could you, you take, could you go back to the church and get my real mom and come back here to the house? Amen. I that's why. Because listen, don't think because people run and shake and jump and jive and all that mean that they are happy and at peace. Sometimes it's the opposite. They're not at peace. They're trying to escape the pressure that's going on in their mind. Their nerves are shot. They're overwhelmed. Their heart is broken because life has knocked the wind out of them. Anybody ever had life knock the wind out of you? They come to church and they do all this stuff, but they go home on the verge of having a mental breakdown. Say, to be carnally minded is Death. And if we aren't careful about what we allow to come into our mind on a consistent basis, before you know it, your mind, can I tell you that soulless realm is filthy? And yes, I'm talking to church people. I know. It's filthy. And I'm not necessarily talking about it's filthy like immoral thoughts, even though that's true. I'm not necessarily talking about filthy because of pornography or lust, although that is true in the church. Adultery, fornication, I'm talking about filthy and cluttered with stress, with anxiety, with worry, with trauma, with grief, with fear. The church is full of fear, not this church, amen, praise the Lord, I cast that demon out in Jesus' name. But other churches, all of you watching online, you stalkers, you, full of fear. And no, you don't do drugs, and you don't cuss and smoke and, and do dope and run with those who do. You don't steal, kill, and destroy. But that doesn't mean that you're always clean in your spirit. You could be morally pure and have a nasty spirit. Just hold that there for just a minute. You just don't look at anybody now. You just look at me. Just wink at me if you've got that issue at home, and I'm pray for you. Amen. You can be morally pure and have a nasty spirit. You might not commit adultery, but you sure talk about everybody who does. You sure gossip about the pastor's wife. It's like my friend Marie taught me. I am thankful when people talk about me because I admire their taste in conversation. (laughs) I practiced good, didn't I, Marie? I admire their taste in conversation. Amen. Amen. You talk about people who do, full of anger, full of bitterness. You're so full of unforgiveness and envy and strife and jealousy and full of pride. And these are things that live long time in the church because they're not easily detected. You know why they're not easily detected? Because you dress holy and you look holy and you talk holy and you stay away from unholy places. But you're just as filled with nasty anger, bitterness, strife, hatred. I've seen people who are struggle morally. I'm talking about they struggle morally. And they're some of the kindest, most loving people. They might be in a gang, y'all. They might be toting like people from Alabama. But they the mo- if you was hungry, they would feed you. How many of you know people like that? They, they struggle morally, but they're the kindest, most loving people. They would help you, feed you, you know, beat somebody up for you. Oh, I'm not allowed to say that on Facebook, but you're going to have to edit that out. But it's, But then there's religious people. Don't look at the person behind you. Just keep looking at me. You know, they could be hungry. They could be thirsty. They could be on fire, and religious people wouldn't even spit on them. How many of you know people like that? Yes. Don't look at him. Just look at me. Amen. Because religion does not equal relationship. I don't know how many times i got to say that. Religion does not equal relationship. Why don't you just tell somebody behind you that? Hey, y'all, religion does not equal relationship. It's possible to have religion with church and never have relationship with God. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. I'm going to take an offering for myself, but all I got is a cough drop. (laughs) To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Can I tell you, whatever we feed is going to grow. Whatever you feed is going to grow. If you're always feeding your mind, you're always feeding your flesh, you're always feeding carnality, you're always feeding on gossip, Oh my gosh. I don't know why, y'all. I just don't understand when somebody calls you to gossip, especially about me, for the love of Jesus and everything holy. Amen. It's okay to say, oh, you know what, let's pray real quick. Let's pray for her real quick, and then you tell me all about it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless my pastor. I thank you that she's just human and that, and that Pastor James has to deal with her and put up with her and all that. Like, if you could just pray for me one time before you gossip about me, the power of God would fall in your life like you have never experienced before. Amen. Not that anybody is doing that. Amen. Matter of fact, Sarah, if you just start tagging all the people who have been doing that real quick on there, just start tagging their names. I'm just teasing. But if you're catering to those kinds of things, can I tell you, that's what's going to grow in your life, right? There's no sense wondering why you don't have peace. When you feed your flesh, how in the world are you going to have peace if you are minding everybody else's business? Somebody say business. No, some of y'all said business. Say business. Business. You minding everybody else's business. But talking about don't know why you don't have peace. Don't know why you don't have peace. How could you? Somebody call on the phone and you're like, honey child, let me tell you what she did. you are never gonna believe what she did. If anybody calls you on the phone and starts with, you're never gonna believe, hang up. Tell me, bad signal, bad signal. I can't hear you. Tell me, go they about to lose their house. Like they just gossiping, right? She, she cheated on her man, girl. She cheated on her man. I mean, seriously, people. How in the world do you think you're supposed to have peace? You will never have peace like that. You'll never have peace in your life if you continue that behavior. Any, matter of fact, anytime you eat more of the world than you do of the word, you have eaten an unhealthy diet. And January is a good time to talk about healthy and unhealthy. Amen. You cannot feed on the world. You cannot feed on gossip more than you feed on prayer, more than you feed on praise, more than you feed on worship, more than you feed on the presence of God. You will not grow a healthy spirit. Somebody just do one of them right there. Hey, I got my snap. Yeah, get your snap on, amen. You're carnally minded and it leads to nothing but death. So we're going to stop that. I'm talking about death in your dreams, death in your destiny, death in your career. I mean, it leads to death. To be carnally minded, you got to start feeding your spirit life and joy and peace and God's presence instead of getting caught up on everything that's going on around you. Because don't we get caught up in it? I mean, think about when you were in high school. Not now because you're all super saved. But back in high school, when you really used to get caught up in all of the drama, Llama, llama, no more drama. we got to start feeding our spirit. And the reason why people are struggling to find peace, can I tell you, it's not because of their marital status. So look at your, look at your spouse and say, oh, I'm sorry, I apologize. It's not because of their looks. It's not because of their age or their career or their financial situation. It's because our minds are filled with clutter. Amen. And according to Philippians 4, 8, we're supposed to think on whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble. Are they right? Are they pure? Are they lovely? Are they admirable? The Bible says, think on these things. That, my friend, is being spiritually minded. When you can instead think on these things. Instead, we run around thinking about everything unpure, thinking about everything unholy, thinking about everything unlovely, and we thinking about a bad report. No wonder we don't have any peace we got to let it go. you got to get with God and let it go. Amen? Because you're not going to just let it go on your own. I mean, I love the song and Disney and everything, but you're not going to just let it go. You're going to have to get with God and let it go. you got to say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm finished. Whatever you want to do with that mess over there is totally up to you. You are God, and I'm done with it. I give it back to you today in Jesus' name. Everything? Amen? You can say, that business over there ain't mine no more. Father, it's all yours. You can have it. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Let that be your prayer today. Because for many of us, the flesh is too strong and our spirit is too weak. You can write that note down. That's a good hashtag. The flesh is too strong and the spirit is too weak. And here's a telltale sign if your spirit is weak. I'll give you two of them. One of them is you fail to embrace God in worship. You're here, amen. You sing, you stand, but you never really engage. You kind of get bored quick. You're like, man, I wish Carly would wrap it up. I wish you had finished already. I wish you'd be done singing already. You like the idea of it, but you don't really get out of it what other people get out of it. That's because your spiritual muscles are underdeveloped. I'm helping you in January, your mind is trying to turn you away from spiritual things. Your mind starts wondering. Some of y'all are already into next week right now. we singing the praises of God and you clapping, but your mind ain't there. We on Waymaker and you on the way to Burger King and a ball game. We, we on Hallelujah and you on your way to get your nails done at a Walmart. Or, or you left the coffee pot turned on. Sorry that you're spiritually weak. You, you don't embrace God in worship. You don't enter in like we t- she talked to You was flowing, girl. You was flowing this morning. We don't really engage with him. We don't get in the presence of God, right? The second one is you don't like prayer. Now, I, I know you pray for 2.385 minutes, all right? And then you're like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. My back hurts. Like I got glaucoma or whatever excuse, milk in the refrigerator. Some of you have got so many excuses. But, but when you become more conscious of your physical body than you do of your relationship and communication with God, can I tell you, you don't like prayer. You're more conscious of your cell phone or who's texting you or social media. When you're more conscious in your week of all that, then you are your relationship with God and your communication with God. And, and you like, now listen, the only time you really pray is when you get in trouble. We had a little bit of trouble last night. My baby took me on a date. I can tell it, right? I'm going to anyway. We on the way home. And I said, you really are driving too fast. Amen. And he really is like, you know, mind your own business. He always has the greatest excuses. He has excuses you've never heard before. It, like, it's illegal to drive slower than all the traffic around you. So, so I can't do 70 speed limit. i got to do 90, Justin. i got to do 90 speed limit because, you know, that's what everybody else is doing. This is why I keep my man in my sights all the time because he cannot be trusted to just um, not be naive. Just so you know, you ain't going to be in the office with the door shut. Amen. Come on. Um, focus. But, but we pray hard. So the story was, of course he didn't listen to me. So I, and I said something. I prophesied it for sure because I said something about a cop or the po or the police or whatever. But all of a sudden, yeah, there he was. And then you know that feeling when they pull out, you just keep going, but you slow way down to like 40 <laughs> to really get their attention? And then he, he goes over seven lanes of traffic, gets that far, lane behind a semi truck, and forty it is all the way home. And then he, and of course here comes a popo. And you pray. What I'm talking about is praying when you're in trouble. And we was praying in languages. Our heavenly language went to another level, baby. You ain't you ain't even got a prayer language first off till you riding a car with Pastor Mike Vitalich. But then, um, but then you will get a prayer language. But but for the most part. You know, you pull out the big guns when you get in trouble, but for the most part, you don't like prayer. You know, it's, it's easier for you to talk to people you can see than for you to talk to a heavenly father you can't see. Not y'all, of course. There people online, listen, y'all spending more time with fake friends on Facebook than you spend with your father. You better check the settings one day. See how much time you actually spend on all that. Amen. And it's not that you don't love God because you do. It's not that you don't like singing and and worshiping because you do. The problem is you just don't enjoy it because you're spiritually malnourished. You're doing it out of a religious duty. But the Bible says in Hebrews 5, 14, strong meat belongs to those who are of full age. And that don't mean old people. Calm down. That means people who are mature. That's good news right there. It tells me that you can, you can actually exercise it by using it. The reason we're not enjoying prayer and worship is because we're not using it. You know, when you first work out at Riverside Fitness Center, not me, of course, because I don't know, but I did read this in a book one time. When you first work out, actually, I didn't read a book. I just walked by a book that it was in one time. I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express one time. It says the muscles you rarely use give you the most pain when you exercise. Raise your hand if I get a witness on that. You'll agree. Okay. If you got a muscle that you rarely use, now this is why my mouth never is in pain. Amen? Because I got that. Amen? And some of you do too, so stop laughing. But if you have a muscle you rarely use, they say, because I ain't be trying it, but they say, that you have the most pain, you do just the slightest little bit of workout and you so sore you can't move. You know, those, you know those muscles where like you can't wipe, amen? You can't sit down, you can't work, you can't stand, you can't do nothing, you hurting so bad. I'm talking about those muscles, right? Anytime you got a muscle that doesn't get used, the flesh cries out. In order to develop it, you have to use it. That's a good note to write down. The reason your flesh cries out against praise and worship, your flesh cries out against pressing in, your flesh cries out about going into the glory and going after the glory is because we're not doing it Monday to Friday. We're just coming into church and being a spectator. But can I tell you, being a spectator in the house of God is not going to develop that muscle. And it's not that you don't love God. It's just that you really don't know how to open up to God. Sadly, we know how to open up to everybody else. You ever sat in a beautician's chair? Now, you men won't know this because you go into the barber, but you ever sat in a beautician's chair, and maybe it's your very first time, and they like how you're weak, and uh, how was your week, how you doing, what to about your family, and by the time you leave there four hours later, you're getting in your car thinking about how in the world did I tell her all that? How did I do that? It just, I told her about my kids and my grandkids and them rowdy ones. I told about my husband slapping me around last night. I mean, cussing me for a dog. Like, how did I tell a complete stranger every bit of my burdens and, I, and my trouble and my problems? You know, we'll tell everybody but God. We'll open up to everybody but God. Some reason we just can't open up to him. But I can, I, can I tell you, if you ever transition out of the natural and into the spiritual, soto We got to be able to get in touch with God, amen. We got to be able to open up to God. If not, you're going to be so bored. You're going to want us to move on quicker. You looking at your clock three times already, wishing, hoping I'd be hurry up, hoping I'd be already done, because we're bored. I mean, but imagine what would happen if every one of us, I mean, every one of us literally tapped into the presence of God. I'm talking about tapped into the glory of God. How po- His power would fall in this room. The sick wouldn't be able to stay sick. The bound wouldn't be able to stay bound. The mean wouldn't be able to stay mean. And angry people wouldn't be able to stay angry anymore. I ask you, Father, to kill everything inside of me that's not just like you. Kill everything in me that's not like you we got to open our spirit to God. If you don't, he'll never be able to use you. Y'all okay? Y'all looking at me like weird. Is everybody all right? Calm down. Everybody take a deep breath. Okay, good. If not, he'll never be able to use you like he wants to use you. And I don't care who comes in and prophesies it. It will never happen. Because you're not willing to make the transition out of your flesh and into the spirit. Stop trying to meet a spiritual need with your flesh. And you say, what do I mean by that? It's like hunger and thirst. You know, sometimes we get the two confused. It's true. You'll be really hungry, and you think think you're really hungry, but you're really just thirsty. Right? They've taught this. Your body needs water, but you turn to food. You feed it. We've trained ourselves to respond to food, respond with giving our body food when all we really needed was a drink. We were just thirsty. It's the same way with spiritual things. You know something is missing. You know you're not happy. You know you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know there's a need. You know you're frustrated at everybody around you. You're frustrated at your spouse and your kids, your coworkers, your in-laws, your outlaws, and that dumb cat. Especially that cat. You know it's on your very last nerve. You know how many times have you ever said, you are on my ever-loving nerve? Raise your hand if you've ever said, oh, I was just kidding. Y'all didn't really have to call yourself out like that. You're on my last ever loving nerve. And here's the reason why. They're not giving you what you think they should when you think they should. They're not giving you what you think you need in the way you think you need it. What you really need is spiritual food. What you really need is God. When you find yourself frustrated with people, with things, you really need God. I mean, when's the last time you did anything to exercise spiritually? It's January. I know y'all go to the gym 5 a.m. Y'all get up and you got your little weights that you're lifting and you meal prepping and you're on Facebook and Instagram with your sexy little self and all your little cute whatever those things. I know you got your workout gear, but what I want to know is when's the last time you put that much effort into exercising your spirit man? When's the last time you got up at 5 a.m. and got ready to spend time with, with God? I know you get up and go to the gym and do all these things, and you're like, it's been a minute, Pastor Kathy. Some of y'all have been like, it's never been. Burr. That's why our spirit is weak. That's why we can't worship. That's why we can't press in. That's why we have no stamina. we got to get to a place, y'all, where we turn the TV off. Turn the computer off, put the phone down, sign off social media and be social with God. When's the last time you were comfortable just being alone with him, just being in his presence? The last time you really turned everything off. But believe it or not, a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. They can only do it for about a minute because then they got to turn something on. they got to have the radio on. they got to have the TV on. they got to have some background noise. They're uncomfortable with being alone with God. they got to have the noise. Can I just tell you, if you can't enjoy just you and God alone, your spirit is weak. Tell your neighbor, your spirit is weak. It's got to be exercised. It's got to be trained. It needs a good workout session, right? And, and, and January is a good time to start exercising that. Matter of fact, I'll give all y'all a free membership to Riverside Fitness Center. Woo, that's prophetic right there, man. We're going to have a fitness center. I just came on out. If you have a problem with prayer, this is such a great thing for you to do. I'm, gonna, I'm giving you helpful things to do right now. If you um, uh, run out of things to say, you have a problem with prayer. And it happens with everybody. At some point, you didn't just, you didn't just get saved and there you were 17 hours in prayer like, like, like Carly can. Amen? I don't even know people that can pray that long. Amen. Well, our friend Kofi, he can pray. But that's about the only two people I know that can like But if you run out of things to say, here, I'm going to give you a practice prayer. Everybody ready for some practice prayer? Everybody ready for something tangible? Okay, next time you get in your car. You're going to do practice prayer. Everything you see, you're going to pray. You're going to say, Lord, I thank you for this car. I thank you for these trees. I thank you just driving down the road. I thank you, Father, for the color green in these trees. I thank you for the fruit that grows on these trees. Father, I, I bless your name. I thank you for the birds that live in the trees that eat the fruit and the green color of these trees. Amen. I thank you that you take better care of me than you do those birds, Father. I thank you for this highway. I rebuke these potholes in the state of Illinois." Illinois in Jesus name can I get a witness on that amen I thank you for the stop sign father it shows me when to stop I thank you for the color red I thank you for the color blue oops I thank you for that cop that's right behind me, Father, in my rearview mirror. Hey, and listen, if you ever ride with Pastor James or my kid Michael, your prayer life will be on point. So if you need pointers, if you need your prayer life to be on point, you just ask one of the two of them to hop in the car and drive you somewhere, and you will build up your spiritual muscle. Can somebody say amen? Hi. Sorry, Michael, I didn't know you were back there. I thought you was gone. Problem with the church today is we don't stay in church long enough to press in. We don't stay in the worship service long enough to press in. I mean, we do at Riverside Assembly of God. Just saying, if you're looking for a church, amen. Let me just do a real plug right here. If you're looking for a church that believes in miracles, this needs to be your church home. Because not if you need a miracle, uh, 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 when you need a miracle, but if you need a You're need a miracle. It's not when you're going to need one. It's if you're going to need one. How's it go? It, but when you're going to need one because you're going to need one. You ought to be attending a church that believes in miracles. Amen. That was just an ad free. We don't stay and press in. I, I've never seen more people come to church grumpy and leave grumpy. Now, don't look at grumpy. Just keep looking at me. Some of y'all like, I woke up next to grumpy this morning, matter of fact. I've never seen more people come to church so cold and leave so cold. Come in depressed and leave just as depressed. You know why? Because we didn't come in and press in. The problem is we got to be out quick. Well, you know, the problem is we have a form of godliness. If I could just break it down to you, Bible. We have a form of godliness but deny the power. Some of y'all will unpack that later for lunch at the Burger King watching the ball game. Because you're like, if God doesn't do a quick work, you know, I, I got to get home. My flesh can't hang. I got to go eat. I got to take my long winter's nap. I was doing so good, y'all. January 1st, my New Year's resolution, I was taking a long winter's nap every day. And I made it all the way to yesterday. I had a nap every day. And then broke my New Year's resolution. It's over. Done. Gone. Because we got to go home and take a nap. We can't tarry, see. We, we, we give up on having an encounter with God. The church gives up. I mean, we're right there, and we just give up. But if we would ever get as hungry in the spirit as we are in the flesh, I'm telling you the power of God would fall in this place, and we would never be the same. Worship moves us from just being in church to being in his presence. Amen? When they're leading us in worship, it's leading us into his presence. There should be a press in your spirit, man, especially when they say lift your hands and praise the Lord, raise your hands to heaven, praise him all over this place, especially in the times where you like, oh, no, I don't feel like doing that today. That's when you need to do it. That's when you need to lift your hands as high as you can. Like, don't live so carnally minded all week long that you can't come in here on Sunday and press in to the spirit realm when we get here. That's a trick of the enemy. He wants you broke, busted, disgusted Monday. He probably starts on you on Sunday afternoon all the way to the next week. That's a trick of the enemy. And what you got to do is somewhere in your day, you got to stop. you got to pause. you got to build an altar. you got to talk to God. you got to be like, God, I, I, I need to be in touch with you. I need to be in touch with the all-powerful one. God, I need you. I can't do this job without you. I can't raise these kids without you. God knows y'all can't raise no kids without him. Amen? All the mothers in the house said, You can't raise them toddlers without Jesus? You can't go to Walmart without Jesus? You be like, "Father, I don't have the answers for these kids. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life." We got to be able to stop in the middle of our week, and we got to pause and we got to talk to God. And I'm almost done. I'm going to give you this little visual. Pastor Sharon's going to come up here and help me. And uh, uh, my usher guys, uh, Matt and Justin and Mikey, y'all, uh, my Pastor Mike, y'all gonna uh, come uh, here, and then my ladies, y'all just be ready, okay? So Pastor Sharon's just gonna stand right here in the middle, and just face the crowd, and you're not gonna go anywhere or do anything. And then you guys are just going to uh, walk a circle around her. You just walk in a circle around her. Can I give y'all a little visual? Y'all okay with that? Pastor Sharon's at home. She's in her house. She doesn't realize that she's not alone. Come on, somebody. She thinks she's all by herself. She doesn't know the angels of the Lord are encamped around her. She doesn't know that the presence of the Lord is there at all times. She doesn't know that she's actually never been alone. She's actually never been by herself. She doesn't know that angels were there this morning when she woke up. When she slept last night, angels were protecting her and her stuff. When she got in her car, angels were there. When she went to her job, when she went to the store, wherever she went, angels were there. She doesn't know that the spirit world is all around her. She can't see them. She can't touch them. She can't hear them. She can't feel them or smell them. So she ignores them. And she ends up perceiving me as her pastor, somebody on the outside is more real to her than those that are on the inside. So God has to open her eyes so she can realize she's surrounded by help. She's encircled by help in the Spirit. Okay, now you guys stop and just take a a few steps. You're going to make this outer uh, wider circle. You're still going to walk around here in just a minute, not yet. But then, okay, my girls, you come up, Laura and bless y'all come up. Now y'all are going to make a close circle around her and you're just going to walk really close around her and then you guys are going to walk on the outside in your own circle, okay? Y'all getting this? The girls, you stay in there. Now, these people, okay, these guys, these girls represent uh, Sharon's uh, uh, problems, Sharon's trauma, maybe her drama, maybe her troubles, maybe her dilemma. These girls represent memories that she has. These girls represent the burdens that she's been carrying around all day long, all week long, because they're on her inside circle. And, and she can't see the help that's on her outside circle because she's so busy seeing the troubles. She can't see in the spirit that their help is all around her because she's so busy seeing what's in the flesh, what's circling around her right now. Can I tell you, she can't see those in the outer circle are for her because all she can see is those things on the inner circle that are against her thank y'all. You can be seated. Reminds me of a prophet Elijah. He sent his servant out to see what was going on. And he saw that the city had been surrounded by an army. And he came back and told Elisha. He reported to Elisha who said to him, do not fear. Somebody say, do not fear. And you guys can come on up, uh, my worship people. He said, do not fear for those that are with us are more than those who are against us. Oh, you didn't hear me right there. See, those who are for us are more than, somebody ought to say more than, those who are against us. And Elijah prayed and he said, open Sharon's eyes so she can see beyond the fight, so she can see beyond the trouble, so she can see beyond the flesh, beyond her battle, so she can see beyond the drama and the trauma and the burdens. Let her see who's fighting on her behalf and that he's been there all the time. Can I get a witness in the place? He's been there all the time. Can you just look at somebody and say, he's been there all the time. As you stand to your feet all over this place, can you just say, he's been there all the time. I asked them to come up so that we can just worship him for a minute and I mean like really, really. They're gonna sing the last song where we left off and they're gonna worship him and I'm telling you, we're gonna worship, we're gonna fight our battle with worship like we're supposed to. Can we just acknowledge him and sing to him and praise him? Can we just uh, 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 worship him past our trouble, worship him past our sickness, worship him past everything going on around us? Can we just take a minute this morning to get into the glory Amen. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. Can we just get out of our flesh right now and get over into the Spirit? You know your peace is in the Spirit. Your joy is in the Spirit. Your deliverance is in the Spirit. Creativity is in the Spirit. Can I tell you life is in the Spirit. Everything you need is in the Spirit. I'm telling you your breakthrough is over in the Spirit. So right now we're going to sing again. And I mean I want want to see you pressing in I don't want you to worry about what you got to go do where you been who done who who done you I just want you to worship him worship past that thing and know that you are encircled you are all, somebody he is always with you the angels of the Lord are encamped around about you I hope you never forget that visual that you are not alone you are not by yourself you have help you have help today